0: comes from Mark. Mark chapter 15, 16 to verse 16, 8. If you'd like, there's a green slip in your bulletin and if you'd like to read along. Or if you'd like to just listen, to hear it again, to hear someone speak it out loud. That, that sheet is for you to take home to read again, but listen to it again this way. The Roman soldiers, they took Jesus to the palace. That's the praetorium. And they gathered together a whole company of soldiers. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They twisted together a crown made of thorns and they set it on his head. And they began to cry out to him, Hail the King of the Jews! And again, and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and they spit on him. Falling to their knees, they worshipped him. I know in your green sheet it will say that they paid homage to him, but in the Greek it said they worshipped him. They mocked him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and they put on his own clothes. And then they took him out to crucify him. There was a certain Cyrene, a certain man from Cyrene, his name was Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. He was as he was passing by, coming in from the country, they forced him to literally take up his cross. They took Jesus out to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with vinegar. He didn't take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice, or the notice written above him about the charges against him, read The King of the Jews. They crucified Him between two bandits, one on His right and one on His left. People passing by, they hurled insults at Him, shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross. Save yourself. In the same way, the teachers of the law, the high priests, they mocked Him to themselves, saying He saved others. Why doesn't He save Himself? If He is the Christ, if He is the King of the Jews, the Son of God, let Him come down from that cross. Let Him come down now from the cross and save Himself that we might believe. Even those who were crucified with Him hurled insults at Him. At the sixth hour, darkness covered the land. And it covered it until the ninth hour, and then at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani," which means "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" The people who were standing nearby said, "Listen, he's calling out to Elijah." So one man ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him, he said. Then Jesus cried out in a loud voice and breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. From God's end down to earth, it was torn in two. When the centurion who was standing in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw the way that he died, he said, surely this man is the Son of God. At that moment, he realized that this man was truly God. There were some women who were standing at a distance and watching. Among them was Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James the Younger and Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, they followed him and they, and they cared for him. There were many women who had followed Jesus up to Jerusalem who were also there. It was a day of preparation, the day before the Passover. So, as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was also who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God, boldly went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised. He was surprised that he was already dead. So summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. Joseph had bought linen, cloth. He took down the body and wrapped Jesus in the linen and then placed him in a tomb cut out of stone. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, they saw where he was laid. After the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they went and they bought spices so that they might anoint Jesus' body. And as they were on their way, as they were walking towards the tomb, they asked each other, who will help us to roll away the stone? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone that was great and large had already been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Do not be afraid, he said. He is risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid Him. Go and tell His disciples and Peter that He is going ahead of them to Galilee. There you will see Him, just as He said. Trembling and bewildered, they went out and they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I hear this account again, and I am amazed. I'm amazed at this King, at this Lord that we follow, this God that we believe in, this God that we trust our lives to. I'm amazed by the way that He died. He was betrayed by His closest friend or one of His own disciples, Judas. And then when when the heat came, He was deserted by the rest of His disciples. They took Him to the high priest. They persecuted Him. Accused Him of all sorts of things. They beat him. Then they took him to Pilate. Pilate handed him over, and he was flogged and beaten again to an inch of his life. And then he was crucified. Hung there on a cross. Nearly dead. Hung there to die. And he died that we might have life. And he knew it. At least three times, and as Mark tells his whole story or his Gospel, there's at least three times where Jesus tells them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. He must go to Jerusalem and die. He knew it was coming. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when He told the disciples to stay here and keep watch, He went a little bit further and falling down. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with You. Take this cup from Me. If there's any other way, But then he said, not my will, but your will. Not what I would have done, but what you would have done, God. He remained faithful. Jesus remained faithful in it. Even when he knew what was coming, the agony that it would be, he remained faithful. It's amazing to me what he has done. Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans, he said, At just the right time, while we were still powerless... Christ died for us. It's rare that someone might die for a righteous person. And for a good person, some people might dare to die. But this is how, God, how much God loves us. God demonstrates His love in this. That while we were still sinners, while we were still like enemies to Him, He died for us. It's amazing to me. It's amazing the lengths that God went to to save us. And as amazing as that is, It's even more amazing to me that He rose again. I've been studying this for years. I've devoted my life to this and it still doesn't get old. Actually, the more I study it, the better it gets. The better and better it gets. I still love to hear those words of the angel. He sat in the tomb. And He said to those who He said, Do not be afraid. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid Him. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. He's not here. He's risen. He's done these things just as He said He would do. And it makes me want to trust Him. I see that He came through. He he followed through with what He said He was going to do. And I want to trust my life to Him. This is the center of my faith as I hear about Jesus died and crucified and risen again, for me, this is the center of my faith. As I start to ask questions about Scripture or about Jesus' teaching, there are some things that are hard for me. Some sacrifices that He calls for that I'm not sure how I even do. And when those things start to overwhelm me and I start to wonder about this faith, I come back to this place, this center of my faith. This cross and resurrection that Jesus died and rose again. When I start to have hard questions, maybe some of the questions that you might have. You know, if if God is good, then why do bad things happen? Or what about people of other faiths? How do all these things fit together? These are big questions. These are hard questions. But for me, when I start to ask the first question of, do I believe that Christ died and that He rose again, that He is the Son of God? It puts all those other questions in a different perspective. For me, this is the center that I keep coming back to that I believe in Jesus Christ, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, He rose again, and He ascended to the right hand of God the Father. For me, this is the center of my faith. When everything else gets difficult, when everything else seems hard, this is the rock center for me. If it wasn't for this, I'm not sure how I would be as a Christian. And some people struggle with this too. They think about, well, how do we know that these things are true? I mean, the people who wrote the Gospels maybe they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. I would say that Jesus is one of the most widely, or one of the best attested historical figures. We have Josephus, a Jewish historian, who tells us about Jesus, he says that he existed, that he was crucified. Tacitus, the Roman historian, talks about Jesus. Even plenty of the younger A Roman official talks about Jesus and his followers. Jesus lived. He died. He was crucified. For me, the next step is faith. That he rose again. But I believe this because I listen to the the gospel writers. I listen to people like who wrote Mark's gospel, or Matthew's gospel, or Luke, or Paul himself in the letters that he wrote. These people were willing to die to tell this news. There's a story of a man named Stephen. He's telling this story in this book called Acts. He's talking about Jesus in front of the the Jewish leaders. And I just can't help but wonder if he had just said, you know, okay, you're right, I was was making this up. If they just would have let him off. But he couldn't. It was the truth as he he knew it. He knew nothing else. He couldn't make it up. And they killed him for it. Most of the disciples, most of the apostles were eventually killed because of their faith, because they proclaimed this good news, because they couldn't help, they couldn't lie about the truth. Nobody dies for a lie. And they didn't just see that Jesus had somehow survived the cross, you know, that he was bloodied and and barely alive, and they somehow nursed him together and tried to convince themselves that he was God. They saw him risen again in a new body. They knew that He was the Son of God. This is the center of my faith. These are the things, when I come back to this is what I truly believe. Other things may be complicated. Sometimes I, I have questions. But this, for me, is the center of it. See, I believe that Christ is calling all of us. He is drawing us into, not just some religion, but into a relationship with Him using a lot of different ways, calling you into a relationship. Maybe as you're here this morning, you're hearing about Jesus again, and you're starting to realize that some of the things you used to put your faith in, that you've lost faith in them. Maybe you've lost faith in your ability to make life work. You know that faith you have that that you, like we're told in our culture that if you work hard, if you do the right things, pull the right levers, push the right buttons, life will work out for you. And you do those things and life still goes wrong. You work hard. You do everything you're supposed to. You try to do the best you can and things still go wrong. You still get sick. Someone you love still dies. Hard things still come. And you lose faith in your ability to make life work or maybe you lose uh, you maybe lose faith in the idea that your job is who you are that's another common one that we get you know that we work hard i'm a i'm a teacher that's where i put my faith or i'm a i'm an engineer or i'm a, a private business owner i'm an entrepreneur this is where i put my faith this is my identity this is who i am and then the business closes or you lose your job or you retire and your identity, who you are, everything starts to everything starts to go to apart. You start to wonder what is happening, or maybe you put your your faith in a person, and you find just the right person to marry. This person is going to make life right. This person is going to make life good. If I if I, we can just be married, everything will be great. Or if we can just have a relationship, everything will be fine. And it doesn't take too long. They to realize that everybody is still everyone is still people <laughs> that eventually sooner or later people let us down even people we love even people who mean well they still let us down people were never meant to bear the weight of our faith some of you know what i'm talking about you've lost faith in faith in something and you're here because you want someone you can put this faith in Someone who can bear the weight of your faith and not let you down. Or maybe you're here today and you're realizing that something is broken. Something is fundamentally broken in you. There are things happening in life. There are things that you've done, things you regret, things you wish you could go back and redo, things that you're ashamed to even talk about, and they haunt you. You thought maybe by now those things would finally you 'd forget about them, but you don't, and they haunt you still, and you just want freedom, you just want to be let go, or maybe it's your life that you're looking at your life and you're thinking everything is messed up and it 's always messed up, and you start to realize that you know I used to think it was everyone else, I used to think it was everyone else was out to get me, or life was had something against me, and you start to realize it 's me. I'm the common denominator of all the crises in my life. It's me. I'm the one who's broken. I need help. And I can't help myself on my own. Or maybe it's here. You're here and you're thinking to yourself, something's big in my life and and it's troubling me. It's weighing me down. I need help. I can't set it down on my own. Or maybe you don't have these bigger things and maybe you just have this nagging sense that there's supposed to be more to life. You know, you, th- you tell yourself, like, I've, I've kind of got everything. I've got a nice home. I live in the Kootenays here. Or maybe wherever you're from. I've got the, I've got the things that I need. You know, I've got an okay car and you know some, I've got some hobbies that I like to do, but they're just not enough. There's this nagging sense that there's supposed to be more. There's supposed to be more in life. We know that life is supposed to have more meaning. And so we struggle. Jesus is drawing us through these things. Maybe we've lost faith in something. Maybe we're feeling our own conviction about things that are wrong in life, so that we are broken and we need help. Maybe we just have the sense that life is supposed to be more than this. I have good news for you today. Have great news for you. You've come to the right place. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When I say that, I'm saying Jesus is the way. He is the way that we can live our lives. When things go wrong, He is the one who will be there. Scripture talks about Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega. He was there when He spoke creation into existence. And He will be there again when the kingdom comes and all things are made new and good. When life is hard, when life is horrible, when we feel absolutely alone, Christ is still there. He is still there leading us in the way. Leading in the way out of the dark valleys of our life. Leading in the way through the trouble. Leading us toward hope. It's not going to be easy has never promised the easy way. In fact, he said, "Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me." He is the way. He is the truth as well. Speaking truth into our lives does not allow us to go on with our the things we try to do to tell us that we're okay. The things we try to convince ourselves of, like I'm not so bad. Things are better than I'd like to admit they are. He speaks the truth to us because He loves us. You know, we try to say, oh, it's a minor indiscretion. Christ and His faithfulness and His love calls it sin. We say, you know, it's a a priority shift, uh, uh, maybe a distraction. He speaks the truth and He calls it an idol. He does these things like a parent who teaches a child, not because you want to hurt them, but because you love them. That you're honest. It's out of love that Christ speaks the truth to us. Like a good father. I know maybe some of you have had hard fathers. But imagine a good father who speaks love to you, who speaks the truth to you in love. God who convicts us who doesn't sugarcoat things for us and wink His eye and turn the other direction, but who died on a cross for us that we might be made right with the living God. That all the things that we've done that separate us between each other and between us and God, that all those things would be taken care of. That we could be reconciled to God. That we could be made right with Him. Rescued. Saved. Have this life more full. He speaks the truth to us. And as much as this, Christ is also the life. As John, as this gospel, John has written, uh, one of the disciples, he said, the enemy has come to kill and destroy. Jesus said, the enemy has come to kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more full. Life filled with joy. Joy when things are good and this, un- this surprising joy, this resilient joy that remains when things are really bad. This hope when things are horrible, when we are in the depth of it, when we are in the darkest times of our life, that there is still hope. This compassion in us to care for the things, to, that our heart would be broken for the things that break the heart of God. He didn't promise us life more easy, but life more full. Life even filled with Sorrow. Because we live life more deeply. Our heart is more alive. We're not just trying to skim through at the surface of things, but living more deeply. Our heart is alive. So yes, we feel joy, but we also feel sorrow for the things that break our heart. And we feel courage, filling us up with courage to stand against the things that are wrong, to stand up for the things that are right. But above all of these things, above all of these things, love This sense that we are loved. Loved by a living God. The God who created us and loves us. Loves us in a furious way. Loves us in a never-ending, never-stopping, never-giving-up, forever love. This is the good news. Christ is risen. He is the way to live life. He is the truth that speaks to us, that disallows us to go on with our, with, our half, with our half understanding or trying to delude ourselves. That we are broken and we need help. But also this God who brings us life. Not just existence, not just life among the surface, but life more full, life more deep, life more alive. This is what I pray for you today. I pray that you are amazed again at this story of the extent that God went, the length that God went, that He died, that we might live. I pray that you are amazed again that He rose, that Christ is not dead, that He is not here. He is not dead. He is risen, alive, sitting at the right hand of God, at work in our lives still. I pray that if you are here and maybe you've lost faith in something, maybe you've lost faith in your ability to make life work, maybe you realize that you are broken and you need help, Maybe you just realize that life is supposed to be more than this. I pray that you receive the good news. I pray that, you re- pray that you receive this gospel news. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believe into Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Life more full. Life eternal that goes on forever and ever with Him. Life devoted to Christ. I pray that you hear this good news today. Amen.